You're listening to Elk Point Baptist Church. Subscribe to our podcast to hear every sermon and like us on Facebook by searching Elk Point Baptist Church, located in Elk Point, South Dakota. To read the book of Ephesians and read it over and then read it again. Um, and uh, I heard uh, a preacher not too long ago say that for some time now that his, his reading style, rather than doing like I do, which is normally I just read straight through, straight through, straight through, he said that when he gets into a book, uh, he'll read he'll read the book over and over again. If it's a longer book, sometimes he'll just read uh, a couple chapters over and over, read the next couple chapters over and over, and he just repeatedly will take a month uh, to read Philippians or something like that and just get real, real familiar. But uh, that would definitely be advisable for uh, the book of Ephesians. Uh, but we're going to be wrapping up uh, the book of Ephesians tonight, Lord willing. And I want to try to preach on the thought tonight. I'm excited about this idea. I really am. Uh, I, um, I, there's a there's a saying that uh, says that though it uh, that though that not all scripture may seem inspiring, it's all inspired. So not all scripture feels very inspiring, but it's all inspired. And God is not extraneous when it comes to what He puts in the Bible. And extraneous, He doesn't put anything in there. Extraneous just means irrelevant or unrelated to the subject being dealt with. Uh, though sometimes we think that God... You ever, you ever think that? You ever read and think, well, Lord, you took time explaining that, but I would have liked it if you'd have taken, taken more time explaining this. You read the book of Genesis and there's some of those examples. But God knows what He's doing, uh, which is the understatement of, uh, of, the, uh, of, of all time. But, uh, but, but as we deal with this, I want to look at this great exciting thing about God's mailman. God's mailman, I thought about entitling this message. Uh, then I also thought about entitling the message, The Extraordinary of the Ordinary. The Extraordinary of the Ordinary. And there's many titles that could fit here as we think about God's mailman uh, or the extraordinary of the ordinary. So, uh, But without further delay, let's go here in Ephesians 6, verse 20, where the Bible says, For which I am an ambassador in bonds, that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Now, we're trying to move on from that verse, but I feel like that verse is a really good introduction to the emphasis of tonight's message. For I am an ambassador... Because really what we're going to find out is uh, that Tychicus is also an ambassador uh, for Christ. And also, uh, when we talk about God's uh, faithful mailman, God's uh, extraordinary of the ordinary, tonight really I want to bring this down to an application of each of us uh, tonight. And so we are ambassadors as well. So this is, this is a key uh, part and introduction to this passage. Uh, verse 21, but that ye also may know my affairs and how I do. Tychicus, and I've heard it also Tychicus, and I've heard Tychicus, but that was from a hick. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> Tychicus uh, was the, and it wasn't my sister-in-law, amen. But anyway, uh, hers was Tychicus or something like that. Uh, all right, but he, notice what it says about Tychicus. The Bible says he's a beloved brother and a faithful minister in the Lord. And the Bible says that he shall make known to you all things whom I have sent unto you for the same purpose, that ye might know our affairs and that he might comfort your hearts. Peace be to the brethren and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be with all them that love our Lord Jesus Christ in sincerity Amen. Let's uh, pray. Father, again, we thank you for the word of God. And I pray that you'll help us during this time. Open up our hearts and minds. And I pray that you'll help every one of us, God, to leave here today, God, with the spirit of Tychicus, God, with that desire, uh, Lord, seeking to be that one that can be a faithful servant, a faithful minister, a beloved brother and sister for you, dear Lord. So I just pray that you'll bless and help us in that tonight. Uh, in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And so tonight, I, one of my favorite things to study and learn about, I always get really excited, and I guess I always have when I, when I hear about unsung heroes. I enjoy reading about people that work behind the scenes on something that was, 
uh, that's maybe very famous or popular today. You know, historic events that you find out key members that were in those events. I love unsung heroes. And tonight, Tychicus, as we study him tonight, he's one of the many that are found throughout the annals of history and through the pages of Scripture. His name means fortuitous, fortuitous or fortunate. And we know that in, in the true sense, he was not fortunate. He didn't, he didn't count on fortune. But uh, just as a manner of speaking, I could say that he was very fortunate to hear the gospel and to get to be the servant of the Lord. But we know that uh, that doesn't, uh, fortunate and, and the grace of God don't always go together. But I will say this about fortune. It kind of reminds me of the book of Ruth where the Bible says how that, uh, that Ruth, the Bible says it was her hap to end up in the field of Boaz. Her hap. Which is just to say that it was—it just happened. It was uh, that's just where she decided to go. But now understand this: uh, what seems like our hap or our good fortune, it was her hap. But it was God's plan, amen? It was God's providence. And so for us, it's just, you know, for us, it's just like, oh, I went to church to get my dad off my back, amen? Or I went to church for this reason, or, or this person just happened to move into me, or we happened to move this, this community, or this. And, and, and from our standpoint, it seems that way, but I'm glad today to inform you that it's not, it's not happenstance with God, amen? It's providence with our God. So we thank the Lord for that. And so as we look at these closing verses, I believe that when we look at Tychicus, my prayer is that we can look at him and be inspired by him, inspired by his life, and I hope that we can all find some things that we can relate to tonight. And because there are some eternal principles uh, that are at stake. And I hope that we can look at this and we can think about our own lives. And I hope tonight that we can leave and be able to say, you know what? This helps me. That this helps me set a trajectory. This is the path I want to be on. I want to be a faithful, beloved, humble servant of the Lord. That's Tychicus. And I'm glad that's the spirit of this church. And, and I'll get to that in just a moment. But he talked about the beloved brethren. Amen. What a blessing to be in a church full of beloved brothers and sisters. Amen. I mean, listen, I'm glad that, that, that we, we often talk about the camaraderie and, and, and the fellowship around here. Man, listen, it is, it's, it's truly a supernatural thing. It's not just, uh, you know, uh, some social club to where we just happen to get along. Folks, man, it's, it's people that are, uh, that, that are trying to serve. And, and, and have some, some serious things in common. If you took Christ out of the equation, what would, what would this group of people have in common? Uh, some of us a few things, but not the things that we do. And, uh, and so, uh, so, so I thank the Lord for that. And so we, we learn some things from this, but I think it can make a difference in our lives. Now, if you'll bear with me, I want to try to give you a little bit of an introduction to Tychicus. How often do you find this man in Scripture? How many of you have ever met someone named Tychicus? Uh, I sure haven't. Um, but, uh, and the, the peanut gallery has, but I don't believe them. But anyway, uh, it's, it's not a very common name. And you don't hear too many people say, man, thank God for Tychicus, you know, because uh, it doesn't just roll off the tongue, uh, as you can tell. But... Uh, but man, this man made a huge difference. But, but we, he's, he's listed in five different passages of Scripture. And I'd like for you, to, if you would, to turn there with me. We're in church. Hopefully you have your Bible. If you don't, there should be one next to you. But, uh, but find your place in the book of Acts, chapter number 20. Acts, chapter number 20. And we'll start with the very first mention of his name. As, as I'll allude to in a moment, there seems to be an indication... When we read in Acts 20, he's already with the Apostle Paul, so it tends to let us believe that he was with him through, the, uh, through what happened in chapter 19 as well. But in chapter 20, uh, there was an uproar, there was a riot, as we'll mention in just a moment. But there in verse 3, the Bible says, and, they, and there abode three months, and when the Jews laid wait for him, and he was about to sail into Syria, he purposed to return through Macedonia. So there accompanied him unto Asia, uh, Sopter, Berea, and of the Thessalonians, uh, Aristarchus and Secondus, I didn't practice these names, Gaius of Derby and Timotheus and of Asia, Tychicus and Trophimus. And so that, there he is. He's just one of these names that if you're reading, uh, a lot of times you might just say, and blah, 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 blah. Okay, and we sailed, you know. Um, I'm thankful I've got one of these Bibles that got 
that has the little pronunciation keys and everything, and you can tell how much that just helped me. Uh, so that's real beneficial. Um, so there's five references, only five references in the New Testament to this man, Tychicus. We read from the book of Acts that he was one of the party that traveled with Paul from Greece to Asia. And by the way, I want to mention the year of this as well. Acts 20 is somewhere around the year of, of A.D. 57. And that's just important uh, as far as when we think about this man. A.D. 57, this man is with Paul. He traveled with Paul. Uh, he was one of his friends from Greece that traveled from Greece to Asia. And he actually traveled with Paul right to the end of his third missionary journey that ended in the city of Ephesus. He was a native of the province of Asia, which today is modern Turkey. Ephesus was the major city within the province of Asia. And it is likely that Tychicus was a member of that province. He was uh, likely a convert of the Apostle Paul. The, the Bible never tells about his conversion, but there's those that seem to be that he came to Christ through the ministry of the Apostle Paul. So from Paul's long missionary service in the city of Ephesus, he uh, met this man and got to know this man, Tychicus. Uh, and, and, and it's also likely that in Acts chapter 19, right through Acts 20, through the, the Ephesian riots, that Paul was preaching the gospel, and that's what was happening that was settling down in 20, that he was preaching the gospel throughout Acts chapter number 19, and they were making images idols they were making to the goddess Diana, uh, but the coppersmiths and the people were getting saved. People that were making these images uh, were getting saved, so they quit making the images. Amen. Uh, and then people that were getting saved quit worshiping and bowing down and buying these images. And so it was, it was, putting, a, it was putting a hurt in the pocketbook of, the, of, the, of those that were trying to promote of those of the temple of Diana. So as a result of that, uh, they wanted to uh, kill and get rid of Paul. So there was a big riot that took place. But Tychicus was probably a part of every bit of that as far as witnessing all that that happened. Uh, that was the riot that prompted Paul to leave Ephesus and to go to Macedonia. And you can read that in Acts chapters 19 and 20. So uh, when we... A couple little things. I'll, I'll go ahead and give you these other references. We started off by reading Acts chapter six, verse twenty-one, where he's the beloved brother. He's the beloved brother. Now uh, he's the one that got that the Lord chose and that Paul chose. So Acts uh, AD fifty-seven is when we read in Acts twenty. He was with Paul. AD sixty-one is about the time that he carried uh, the epistles of uh, Colossians, Philemon, and Ephesians to those churches. And so, uh, man, that's a pretty big responsibility. He was handed the Word of God, and he had to carry that. And there's a couple other things I want to tell you. This was not, you know, I mean, this, the, he didn't just jump in his plane or his helicopter and fly. This was a long journey. He had to travel to take these letters from the imprisoned. Remember, they were in Rome. That's where Paul wrote these from. Paul was in prison when he wrote these, uh, these aforementioned letters. And so, all three of these letters, these scrolls, uh, Tychicus has with them and he totes them. I got to say that because I, I do use that word from every once in a while, but Bill informed me that down in Mississippi they don't carry anything. And when Scotty Boyd was here, I found that out. They tote everything. Anything, they don't carry anything, they tote everything. But so Tychicus was toting these scrolls. I mean, man, it was a dangerous journey. It was a perilous journey. It was a rough journey. In order to get there, mostly, you know, he had to do walking besides taking a ship. But once he hit ground, I mean, he wasn't driving. We know that. There's not much of a likelihood that he had an animal. Maybe he did. You could debate that. But regardless, it would have been a very treacherous, very uh, strenuous and arduous journey for him to carry. But he carried these letters uh, to Ephesians, Colossians, and Philemon. And another cool thing that I didn't really emphasize, I know I mentioned it when we started the book of Ephesians, but the book of Ephesians was, is believed in almost certainly a circular letter. So in other words, it, you know, it wasn't uh, necessarily just to that church, in that one church in Ephesus, but it was meant to be read in the churches in Asia Minor, which meant that Tychicus would have been the one that was going to these churches and sharing uh, these words. And so it's kind of cool that we've been studying a book that Tychicus carried on a, on, a, on a perilous journey, and we understand that it was God's protection, but he was entrusted to carry these, and he faithfully carried out that which God had him to do. 
And so we see that uh, Ephesians six twenty four, where he says uh, that uh, the, the, how that he that the uh, Tychicus was the beloved brother that he sent, and we'll read more about that in just a moment. Uh, in Colossians chapter four, Colossians and Ephesians run real parallel. They were written right about the same time. They were they run real parallel. There's a lot of similarities between the two. And the last, uh, like literally, the last verses of Colossians and the last verses of Ephesians are close to identical. Very close to, I mean, they're, they're very, very close uh, as he closed out that letter. But once again, he says in Colossians 4, 7, All my state shall Tychicus declare unto you, who is, a, who is a beloved brother and a faithful minister and a fellow servant in the Lord. That's Colossians 4, verse 7. Colossians 4, 18, the Bible says, The salutation by the hand of me, Paul. Remember my bonds. Grace be with you. Amen. And then if, I don't know if you have this in your Bible or not, but if you have there just that that's added in, uh, but mine, mine has written from Rome to the Colossians by Tychicus and Onesimus. Um, and then he's also mentioned in Titus chapter 3, verse 12. And that was about A.D. 65. So he, he started with Paul in A.D. 57. Now this is A.D. 65, Titus 3, verse 12. When I shall send Artemis unto thee, or Tychicus, be diligent to come unto me to Nicopolis, for I have determined there to winter. So again, it was just a mention. But still, what do we find out? This was a man that he was confident could go to the island of Crete where Titus was ministering and that he could uh, run and that he could control and lead the ministry there as God would see fit. And then the very last mention of Tychicus is in, is in A.D. 68, somewhere in that neighborhood. A.D. 68, uh, 2 Timothy 4.12, uh, and Tychicus have I sent to Ephesus. Tychicus have I sent to Ephesus. And, uh, and maybe I'll have uh, time to say something about that in just a moment. Now, I mentioned earlier verse number 20 of, of Ephesians, if you'll go back over there for a moment. Verse number 20 of the book of Ephesians, chapter 6. And how that Paul mentioned about being an ambassador. And so I just want to try to drive that word home a little bit and then tell you a few things that we can learn from uh, Tychicus and hopefully be inspired thereby. Okay, that word ambassador um, is from a Greek word meaning the emperor's legate. L-E-G-A-T-E, legate. He was the, so a legate was the emperor's representative. If you know what was going on in Rome at that time, they were taking over the world. And so Caesar couldn't be every, every place at once. And so he would have representatives in these provinces that were, you know, they were to be treated with the same respect. Their word was to be treated as it was Caesar's word because they were supposed to be representing Caesar. And so, uh, so a legate was the emperor's representative in an outpost of the empire, and they enforced imperial policy, and he was directly under Caesar. Uh, and so that's uh, the ambassador. In the first century of the Roman Empire, uh, it was a common thing for personal friends and co-workers uh, to write a letter that they would deliver from one person to the other. But again, the custom was introduced by Caesar Augustus. And it was designed in part so that the courier could answer any questions that the recipients might have about the sender. And so that's what Tychicus is. He's the man. He's carrying the word. And Paul's literally saying, I'm going to be able to answer. Tychicus will be able to tell you about what's going on in my life. And no doubt, Tychicus will be able to tell you uh, and help you if you've got any questions about the letter. I believe probably Tychicus was the first one to get up and, and expound uh, the book of Ephesus or the, the, the book of Ephesians um, and, and to, to explain it. Because remember something, it's, it's, there's a very, very good possibility that Tychicus was actually the one that was writing the words down as they were given by the Apostle Paul. But one thing's for sure, he was there with him. And I can just imagine them together as they write these words. I can, I can imagine as they write Ephesians 1-7 when he says, In whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. I, can you just imagine as they're, as they're writing these great truths, as the Holy Spirit of God is moving the heart and the hand and the mind of the Apostle Paul? Uh, I mean, th these words are inspired by God Almighty. But, but as, as, as Tychicus is able to share in these, and, and I can just imagine maybe Paul giving, a little look up at Tychicus, which of course was not a Jewish man, when he maybe looked up at him and said, How that, uh, how that the Lord had, um, now sorry, I lost my train of thought there for a second. Uh, how that the Lord had, um, 
broken down the middle wall of partition between the Jews and the Gentiles. Amen. And he, he's there as a Jew and he's looking over at this Gentile and he's saying, God's broken down the middle wall. I mean, think about the time they shared. Think about the times. Think about the times where in the book of Ephesians, he says, for this cause I bow my knees to the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I mean, and there I could just imagine Tychicus just bowing down with him. He was a beloved brother. I mean, what a blessing to think about this man. There's some benefits of being a man that you've never heard of. There's a, there's a benefit and a blessing of being a man or a woman to where your name is not a footnote in history. Amen? At all. I mean, not even a footnote. But you play a major role just the same. He was right there in the midst of it and he was just fine with that. See, tonight we're looking at the extraordinary of the ordinary. Tich- I'd mention the name Tychicus if I announced tonight that I was and, 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 and advertised, hey, everyone come. I'm going to be talking about Tychicus tonight. That wouldn't generate a ton of excitement. And when I say, hey folks, remember Tychicus, and people are just like, a hootie wootie, you know? But I'm telling you, he, what, what, what do we know about him? We know that he was a beloved brother. We know that he was a faithful servant. We know that he was a, fellow, a faithful minister and a faithful servant. Now, again, those aren't traits that get people real excited. Folks, we live in a time of self-promotion. How many people, how many people today spent uh, a, a decent amount of time trying to make a, some kind of recording of themselves to put on YouTube? Or some other outlet, hoping to get a lot of clicks and likes and maybe to get famous? You know, I mean, I mean, how, how, many, how many pastors today, how many ministers want the limelight, want to be known, want to be famous? I mean, listen, that, I mean, we, we need to get back to a time. We need to make sure that, that, that we guard our hearts from wanting that kind of stuff. Man, we want to promote Christ. Amen. And any promotion that we try to do, man, it's about just trying to get people to Christ and to lift up Christ. The, the extraordinary of the ordinary. In other words, I don't say, hey, faithfulness. And you don't go, whoa, man, that's exciting. He's a faithful brother. Oh, good, you know. That's ordinary. But in truth... It's extraordinary. Amen? Because faithfulness is... See, because there's a lot of people that are faithful sometimes. Faithful sometimes. Doesn't work, does it? See, but faithfulness... Listen, someone that's faithful is extraordinary. A fellow servant, someone who's willing to serve... Let me tell you, there's a a word... that, That word servant, when it's used in the New Testament, almost every single time... It's translated servant, which is good, but it literally means slave. That word makes me uncomfortable. I don't know if it makes you uncomfortable. The Apostle Paul says, I'm a slave to Christ. I'm a slave to Christ and gladly therefore. I mean, that was his attitude. I'm going to serve. And you know what? Tychicus had that same type of attitude that I would serve Christ. So traits like faithfulness and, uh, and dependability aren't that exciting. But I'm telling you, they're a lot more rare than, uh, than I care to admit tonight. So tonight we're speaking of a mighty man. We're speaking of a man who stood with Paul through thick and thin, through dangers, through storms, through shipwrecks, through trials, through prisons, through whippings, through satanic attack in battle, and everything that you could imagine that was thrown against the Apostle Paul. Here was a man that stood with the Apostle to the Gentiles and supported him. If you look at verse 21 of Ephesians, you see the fact that he was entrusted with the important commission of bringing this book and telling the Ephesian Christians how Paul was doing is a great reflection of the reliability of this man. So I'm going to try to give you a few things here about Tychicus. Number one, I'll say this quickly. He was willing to go. Amen. He was willing to go. Consider his job description. If, 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 if there was an ad put in the paper for a guy that could do this, it would be a whole. It would be similar. Uh, man, I wish I'd have thought of this earlier, amen. But it'd been similar to the ads when they were trying to get uh, drivers, or, or not drivers, but riders for. Um, help me. Go girl. 
Pony Express, thank you. We're trying to get riders for the Pony Express. They were, now listen, uh, of course, they, they, you know, the, the ads there is that they were going for orphans. Uh, weight was an issue, so maybe we shouldn't go down that path. Um, age and weight, but regardless, the point was, are you willing to go and maybe not come back? Are you willing to go and are you willing to give it all you got? See, if we're not careful, we can adopt the attitude. And I want to challenge you tonight, and I want to challenge myself tonight. We ought to be willing to go. And I guess this next point can just go right into that. He had to be flexible. He had to be mobile. He had to be willing. So he was willing to go. But I want to say this, he was willing to grind. He was willing to grind. He didn't say, yeah, I'll go. But can I go to a fancy place? Can I go to a paradise? Can I go where it's going to be easy? Can I go where it's going to be convenient? Listen, when the Bible says that he was a minister, uh, I'll get to that in just a moment, but literally, he's saying that he was a servant. He was at someone else's disposal. He served at the pleasure of Paul. He served at the pleasure of the Lord. So literally, it didn't matter. Tychicus, it wasn't a fact of, 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 of Paul saying, Tychicus, I need you to go somewhere for me. Would you be willing to go? Tychicus was apparently not the kind of man to say, well, where is it? Tychicus, I need you to do something. Well, uh, what is it? I'll, I'll tell you whether or not I'm willing. This wasn't a question with Tychicus. And I'm telling you, God help us. When God has something for us to do, it shouldn't be. Well, Lord, tell me what it is first. I'm telling you, Christians, I mean Christians, I fear that there's a great percentage of Christians that are robbing themselves of much of the riches. See, that's one of the great lessons in all this that I wish I could get across, and that's this, that Tychicus was kind of the embodiment of what Paul was trying to get Christians to lay hold of. He found what the riches were in Christ. He experienced that power. But I'm telling you, one of the reasons that we are not accessing the power, the riches, the blessings that God wants for us in our lives is that we got too many strings attached. Well, Lord, I, I'll do this, but I won't do that. By the way, we've talked about it before. I've heard it before. I think it's a great quote where somebody said that you can't say, No, Lord. Drop the Lord off of there. If you want the no, keep the Lord out of it. Because you don't say no, Lord. If He's the Lord, it's yes, Lord. There's no no, Lord. If He's your Lord, there's no no. Amen. It's just yes. You say, preacher, that's challenging. Preacher, that's uncomfortable. Yes, it is. But we need it. And we need to examine our hearts. Where, where is it exactly that you are not willing to go for the Lord? Where is it? What is it that you are not willing to do for the Lord? What are you not willing to lay down? What are you not willing to give up? May I challenge you tonight, by the grace of God, bring that to the altar and say, Lord, I will give it. Boy, there's a man in the Old, in the Old Testament, I wish I could remember his name and maybe someone can help me, but, but, but it's when, when the plague was sweeping across the land and David come and he was going to make a sacrifice on the place that, uh, that, that later the temple was built and so forth. And as he came, this man gave the land. He wanted to give the land. David ended up buying it. But he says, I give it. And he says, I don't, he says you, you can have my land. You can have my animals. You can have my farm equipment, Lord. And here's what he said. I give it. All. Ornan. That was his name. I give it all. Child of God, would you be willing tonight to give it all? You know, it doesn't matter how young you are, it doesn't matter how old you are, with whatever it is you have, whatever you have left, Lord, I give it to you. He was willing to go. He was willing to grind. He was willing to grind. It was not always easy. But I'm telling you, but he humbly, with integrity, carried out his task. It wasn't easy. We, we need something done. Is it easy? If not, do somebody else to do it. Or I don't want to do that. Hey, Man, may God help us. Here's the thing about it. We need to have a volunteering attitude. I'll do it. We need to be volunteers, amen? I mean, 
I don't want you to get me wrong tonight, but I do want to say this to you tonight. That I thank the Lord that God got a hold of me because this is what I'm telling you tonight is something I fought with for years, or at least for some time. Because I was willing to preach, but Lord, and I was willing to go, but literally it was just like this one thing. You know what I'm talking about? You want to really give it all to God, but what if He asked for this? What if He asked me to go there? I'll go, in, I'll go to anywhere but this one place. I'll do anything but this one thing. And, and, and if we're not careful, we can deceive ourselves into thinking, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Well, it might be pretty good. But I don't want pretty good. I want what God has for me. I want His best. And I'm telling you, I finally got in the altar. And listen, before I even got married, and I just said, Lord, I want to marry that woman. But God, and I believe you've sent that woman to me. But God, if it's your will for me to, to go on because I'd heard about preachers that had felt like that's what they needed to do without being go, go through the ministry without being married and so forth, I was like, that's what I'll do. That was hard to say. I did that. I'm glad God didn't, I'm glad that's not what God required. But if you want know if God would have required that, it'd have been worth it. It wasn't what he required. What if God sent me someplace, you know, uh, what if God sends me to Africa or something? I don't think I was scared to go to Africa, but just in general, what if God sends me somewhere I don't want to go? Can I tell you a little secret, by the way? Everybody that's ever truly surrendered and gave up that one thing, let go of that one thing, every last one of them are so glad they did. Because even if God did call you to that one place you don't want to go, even if God did ask you to give up that one thing you don't want to give up, you'll be so glad that you went to that place God told you to go. You'll be so glad you gave up that one thing God told you to give up. Why? Because you, what you'll find out, now this may come as a surprise to you, but God has your best interest at heart. And here's the big one. You ready? He knows better than you. Now you think about that statement for a minute. That's our problem. That's right. Well, see, I can't surrender to God because he, he, he just don't get it. He don't get it. He don't get that I wouldn't work there. He don't get that I would be fearful there. He don't get that, that, that I've got this thing all figured out that I, what I want to do with my life. He don't get it. Now, we don't say that, but that's what we're saying. That's what we're saying. Uh, so, be willing to go, be willing to grind, and I'm so glad by God's grace I was able to do that. And listen, it's, something, it's not just something I did once and be like, ooh, glad I got that over with. Man, I've got to keep that attitude all the time. And I don't always keep that attitude. But I've got to keep drawing myself back and saying, Lord, help me, help me, help me. I'm surrendered. I'm willing. I'm telling you, and when God got a hold of my heart, there wasn't a place. Every time I'd hear a missionary talk about a need, every time I'd hear about a church that needed a pastor, I'd be like, I'll do it. Listen, they need missionaries all over the world. And every time I hear about one of these needs, I'll go to Africa. I'll go to Anguilla. I'll go to South America. I'll go to Canada. I'll go to South Dakota. But even then, you remember what I've told you the story a hundred times. Maybe God meant Montana. Maybe God meant the Northwest, you know. I don't know, South Dakota. Man, I'm telling you, you're looking at a guy... You're looking at a guy tonight. I mean, this guy right here tonight is a guy that could... I'm telling you that I cannot imagine anybody in this world having it better than me. I cannot imagine anybody in this world having it better than me. I mean that. Why? Because, man, I've married the woman that God wanted me to marry. And my goodness, what a blessing she is. I mean, the, the kids that God's given us out of this union. I mean, and, and that He's called me here. And I'm not even kidding here tonight. I'm not being flattered. I'm being sincere. I get to know y'all. I get to preach to y'all. I'm, I'm not joking when I say I'm, wake, I'm waiting to wake up one day and realize that none of this has actually happened. And that none of you are real. So if I come pinch you, you know, it's... Okay, but what I'm trying to say is, is, is I'm blessed. Amen. I'm blessed. But here's the thing. He was willing to go. He was willing to grind. He was willing to be a ghost. <laughs> what I mean is this. He was willing to serve without the limelight. He didn't care. Hey, does anybody, anybody ever struggle with this? You don't have to admit it. Because you're human, so many of us have, maybe some haven't. 
I try to I try to recognize the service of people in the pulpit. Sometimes I question whether or not I should, because you know why? Because there could be one sitting over there in the sand. Pastor, you hadn't one time said how much you appreciated what I've done. And you know, if that's the case, man, I, I want to do better with that. But man, that, that can't be the motivation for your service. That can't be the motivation of your service. Um, I mean, it just can't be. What you do, you need to do. The, the motivation for your service is faithfulness. Faithfulness is just about doing what God told you to do. That's why I always encourage people when, when, when they get involved in any type of ministry around here. Man, it can be discouraging when you start to try to start some Bible study. You try to start a prayer group and one person shows up. And, or then two people. Then the next Saturday, nobody comes. And the next week, nobody comes. Then all of a sudden, well, I'm done. I'm done. Well, is that what God asked you to do? Is this a ministry that we could use? Is this a ministry that could be a blessing? Stay with it. I'll tell you one thing, and man, I ain't trying to make this about me because, man, Lord knows the mess I am. But I'm just telling you, by God's grace, I mean, I, I wouldn't be here tonight if, if that was my attitude. I mean, I, listen, I, I, I've preached uh, when I was in Pierre. Man, I, I preached to my family plenty of times. We'd, we'd have evening services, and we had two of the most mean kids. I'm sure they were demon-possessed uh, that were uh, lived across the street from us. And it would, be, it would be me, my family, and those two demon-possessed boys. We did what we could. I mean, literally, the one kid was like six years old and like tried to steal his mom's car. It was a trip. Um, but what, I'm just saying that, that it would have been really... Well, maybe God didn't really call me out here, you know? No, I mean, see, we listen! In this day and age in which we live, we are not held accountable for results. Success is not results. We've had results here. But I'm telling you, there's been a lot of times that I've lived and served and preached and taught and I thank God my precious wife and kids just been right alongside. We hadn't had results. But man, we've had, we've had, had, we have had results here. But we're not doing any more than that dear brother that's laboring up somewhere in central South Dakota in some small town and that can hardly get anybody to come and, and so forth. It's not that, oh man, well you're blessed and he's not. You'll be rewarded and he will not. That's not true whatsoever. It's just faithfulness. It's just doing what God said to do. It's being faithful. Be faithful. Listen, being faithful don't cost... I was going to say it don't cost you anything, but it may cost you some time. I thought about a tray you when I came in tonight. Talking about a rough week from work. Listen, I mean, there's people in here that drive uh, a good distance to be here. You know, some of us in town think it's hard to get here sometimes. I wonder how some of us would do if we had to drive 45 minutes, 50 minutes, or whatever it is, one way. You know, it might make you think again, you know. Oh, I can't go two blocks and sit down in the air conditioning for an hour, preacher. It's just, you know. Uh, I mean, listen, but, but there it is. It would have been so easy tonight when he got off work to say, you know what, I'm turning this vehicle south. I'm heading home. I'm seeing my kids. I'm seeing my wife. I'm kicking off my shoes. Uh, you know, and, I'm, and I mean, I guess he could kick off his shoes. I don't want to give him permission to do that here. But, <laughs> but I mean, but you know what he did instead? He, he went north. And he got here. And he get, when he, get, he gets here probably 5.30 or so. And uh, on days I'm not working, it's been forever. But man, I've, I've tried to start. I'm going to try to get back to it. Where we get together and spend some time together. Study, take advantage of that time. But you know what? Most time he's up here for that hour and a half pretty much by himself with the Lord. And, uh, but, but you know what? But he was faithful. And it just, it just struck me tonight. Amen? What a blessing that is. I pre it, it's faithfulness. It, you might feel like it doesn't mean anything. You might feel like it doesn't matter. Your faithfulness matters. It matters that you're here. It matters that you're doing what God wants you to do. It matters that you're doing it and you're not getting recognized for it. It matters that you're doing it without being prodded to do it. If you haven't found out, if you're waiting for me to prod you, you're probably waiting. You'll be waiting for a while. Amen? Not much of a prodder. Uh, I mean, listen, but, but, but doing it because God, this, that, that's why this church is growing. That's why God is blessing here. There's people here, thank God, that are willing to go, to grind, and to be a ghost. <laughs> that's a pretty good outline, ain't it? I just thought I'd give up that today. Um, you know what I'm saying? Not really. I could tell you come up with that one. Uh, listen, George Eliot said, The growing good of the world is partly dependent on unhistoric acts. 
and that things are not so ill with you and me as they might have been is half owing to the number who live faithfully a hidden life and rest today in unvisited tombs. That's a George Eliot. So it's, it's unhistoric. I like what Harry S. Truman said. He said it's amazing what you can accomplish if you don't care who gets the credit. Amen. See, Paul got the credit, but he, didn't, he wasn't after the credit. He, he mentioned these people. He was willing to use these men in his ministry. He was willing for other people to get in on it. Amen? Listen, so he was faithful. He took what was given to him. He went where he was supposed to go. And the fruit of his labor, listen to this, is still with us today. You don't know his name. Or at least maybe you didn't before tonight. But we wouldn't have these great riches had it not been for him. And I understand you could argue, well, God would have raised somebody else up and so forth and so on. But there's another interesting principle in that. But God used this man. You matter. Well, I don't feel like it matters, preacher. I keep doing this same thing over and over in the church and nobody ever recognizes it. Nobody appreciates it. God appreciates it. Nobody sees it. God sees it. Who matters more than Him? Amen. Who matters more than him? He was faithful. I mean, the fruit of uh, Tychicus's labor is still with us today. We're studying, the, we're studying something tonight that Tychicus originally held in his hands. Amen. Ain't that amazing? Um, man, I, I skipped a whole page of my notes, but uh, but that's your, it's your, it could be your blessing tonight. Amen. But I, I want to, I, I want to say this tonight. I, I, I heard this today. I thought it was really good. Um, I think it could be one of the mottos of our church. I think it kind of already is. But it's every member a minister. Every member a minister. Every member a minister. Every member willing to serve. Every member willing to to, to give their lives for uh, the glory of God. Um, uh, so, So his faithfulness. Okay, I'll give this to you quickly. He was faithful in love. He was faithful in love. He was a beloved brother. That means he had sincerity, humility, and all those things. He was a beloved brother. I, I'm, I'm, I don't know. I'm glad I'm loved, aren't you? Yeah. I'm glad I'm a beloved brother. I'm glad i got some beloved brothers and sisters out there. I mean, we just love each other. Uh, but man, he, he, was, he was faithful and he was lovable. Sometimes that don't always go together. Sometimes there's people that can grind it out, man, but they're just kind of ill, you know? And sometimes there's people that are, uh, you know, they're, they're uh, nice and, man, you kind of love them, but they're not always dependable. Man, he was faithful and he was, uh, he was uh, lovable. All right, so he was faithful in love. He was faithful in labor. The word minister there it literally means to run errands. Are you willing, are you willing to run errands? Uh, it means an attendant, an, an attendant, a waiter uh, at a table or in other menial duties. Are you, are you willing to have a menial duty? It comes from the same word of, that we get our word deacon from. Uh, and so a minister, a servant. And by the way, if you aspire to be a deacon, we don't have, we don't have a deacon right now. The, you know, the, the, what the, church at, the church at Jerusalem got what they get like 6,000 when they decided to get seven deacons. Uh, so it's not necessarily. But, but, but see, when does a, the church, you know what a deacon is? A deacon's a servant. I've had people say, oh, you need a deacon. Somebody needs to keep you in check. I don't think that's what a Aaron boy does. Yeah, I don't think that's what a waiter does. Right. I don't think that's what a uh, you know somebody who is uh, an attendant does. Amen. They serve the church. Amen. They help, and and we've got people like that. We, in, in that sense, there's a lot of deacons and deaconesses in here. Boy, let, let that get out. Uh, okay, but faithful in love, faithful in labor, faithful with his lips. Amen. You know what Paul said? Ask Tychicus. He'll tell you. He'll tell you. Man, what a word. Uh, he's faithful for life. Uh, finally, this all comes down, and I shared that earlier where it came down to AD 68. Last thing I'll tell you about him, then I'm going to make an application. If you've got to leave, leave. I'm tempted to say that, you know. Anyway, uh, I guess I did say it. But anyway, what I'm saying is this. It's, pretty not, it's a pretty awesome thing. The Apostle Paul is in prison. He's about to die for the cause of Christ. Luke only is with me. Wait, where's Tychicus? Tychicus have I sent to Ephesus. Going back to Ephesus. A dying man that's dying with probably a thousand unfulfilled dreams. But I've got a man. I've got somebody I can trust. 
I've got somebody that can keep this work going. Tychicus, I'm going to die here, but don't you wait around for it. You're the man that I'm sending to Ephesus. Amen? So he was faithful for life. And uh, so every member of a minister, and then I'm closing with this, what kind of messenger are you? What kind of ambassador are you? So we talked about Paul, say that he's an ambassador. Tychicus was clearly an ambassador, a representative. And then just in the closing application, what kind of messenger are you? What kind of messenger am I? Proverbs 25, 13 says, As the cold of snow in the time of harvest, so is a faithful messenger to him, to them that send him, for he refresheth the soul of his masters. Proverbs 25.13. So, uh, 2 Corinthians 5.20. Now then, we are ambassadors. We started this message off talking about God's mailman. You might be God's male woman. M-A-I-L in this day and age. We've got to clarify, I suppose. You may be God's male woman. God's male man. God's delivery person. Amen. The ambassador. Somebody who represents. Amen. Think about this. Think about this. I'm, I'm closing. I promise. Think about this. The very Paul finished the book of Ephesians, that letter of Ephesians, rolled it up, and he placed it right in the hands of Jesus. Is that not what God's done with every one of us? He's given us this whole book. He's given us. Into the very hands of God, or in the very hands of Tychicus, were placed the very words of God. Amen. Same with us. We're ambassadors for Him. Second uh, Corinthians 5.20 Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ to be reconciled to Christ. We are ambassadors. He was entrusted with the very Word of God. Why? Why could He represent? Remember what I said earlier about this kind of representative that was sent from Caesar? Caesar Augustus started the whole thing. Because He said, I need somebody that can represent me in these colonies, in these outposts. How could Tychicus represent Paul? How could Tychicus... There it goes, finally. How could he say? How could he tell everyone about the affairs of Paul and how Paul was doing? You know why? He had a relationship. He knew Paul. He could tell people what was going on. You want to know something? If you're saved tonight, not only have you had the, the very Word of God placed in your hands in your trust... The Bible says that in, uh, I think it's 1 Timothy, uh, how that God has put the Word of God in our trust. He's put it in our trust... But we've got a relationship with Him as well. We can represent Him. We ought to be able to ask, answer questions about the letter that God's given us. We ought to be able to tell people how God's doing. He's doing just fine. Amen. Thank you very much. He's alive and well. Somebody who was I talked to the other day, and they, uh, I think it was uh, Miss Sharon, and she was talking to uh, a friend of hers, and she was telling them, she says, Jesus isn't on that cross. Amen. He isn't on that cross. She was telling how Jesus is doing. Amen. He's not on the cross. He rose again. Amen. Um, and then, uh, and, and so, by, by the grace of God, by the way, you know, one of my jobs are, Tychicus got this as well, Ephesians 4, verses 11 and 12. Notice this, he gave some apostles and, uh, and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. Why did he give God the preachers of the church? For the perfecting of the saints, the maturing, the growing of you. For the work of the ministry. See, it's not, it's, it's not saying that God gave the pastors for the work of the ministry, for the, uh, uh, how, how is it phrased there, for the, yeah, for the work of the ministry. It says, I gave pastors to equip, to help people be perfected. We're all ministers, amen? We're all ministers. Every member a minister. Uh, so, so, so that means each of us. You know, I, I even think about the Bible says looking to yourselves there in the book of Hebrews. That, that word literally comes from the same word bishop or pastor. Pastor yourselves, amen, looking to yourselves. Uh, and, and not that pastors don't play the role, don't, don't misunderstand me. But, but let's all stand tonight and I challenge you tonight. You know what I'm trying to do? And sometimes it takes me a while to do it, okay? But what I'm trying to do is this. I'm trying to give something to help perfect the saints. I'm trying to, 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 to put something in your heart for the working of the ministry. And by the, by the grace of God, man, I believe we got a lot of the spirit of Tychicus among us tonight. 
That's the kind of people here that do serve. The kind of people that do stuff that's not recognized. And are willing not to be recognized. See, some of us may struggle with that part. It's not that we don't mind doing stuff that's unrecognized, but by golly, we sure hope somebody says something. Did you not see what I did? Nobody even said anything. Why did, is that why you did it? You know, so we've got to be willing by God's grace. Thank you, Miss Kim. This altar's open tonight. I challenge you. Where are you? What's that one thing you're not willing to do? Where's, where's that one place you're not willing to go? Hey, if you're not married, are you willing to wait for God? I'm giving God one year. Maybe God says it's two. I've met people like that. And their lives have kind of ended up a wreck. Don't rob yourself of the great blessings that God has for your life because you're holding on, holding back. Are you willing to go? Are you willing to grind? Are you willing to be a ghost? Doesn't matter if you're recognized or not. It doesn't matter what God asks you to do. It doesn't matter. How many preachers and teachers have I met? How many singers have I met that have said, I can't stand before people. I can't speak before people. I certainly can't sing before someone. I, 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 you're missing the picture. Where God guides, God will provide. Did you know something? God's commandments are God's empowerments. I'll say that again. God's commands are God's empowerments. In other words, if God's told you to do it, He's going to help you do it. God walks up to a man that's arm is withered up. He asked that man to do something impossible. What did He ask him to do? Stretch forth your hand. Well, there's a problem there. He can't. But you know what? He did. God told him to do it. So he's able to do it. What, God's, what does God want you to do? You, may, you know where it may start tonight? Maybe you just need to ask God tonight this question. Lord, will you help me? Amen. Lord, you know I love you. Amen. You know I really want to trust you. God, you know I really want to give it all. I mean, I struggled. I spent a lot of time praying in, in altars after services. Lord, help me. Reminds me of the man, I, I mention him often, but the man that prayed to Jesus. And Jesus, by the way, complimented him when the man said, Lord, I believe. But what did, he, what did he attach to that? Help thou mine unbelief. You know you feel like that? Lord, I, I surrender. Lord, help my unsurrenderedness. You know? Lord, I'm willing. But help my unwillingness. You know, just maybe just start there. I can, I can, I can't forget about that. Yes. We serve an I can kind of God. Amen. <clears throat> Thank you for the example of Tychicus tonight. I stand here tonight and I am no Tychicus. But God, I pray that you'll help me to be. Help me to be willing every day to go, every day to grind, every day to be willing to be a ghost. Every day, God, to be faithful in love, to be faithful in labor. Lord, to be faithful in, in, in loyalty, to be faithful for life. Thank you for a church, dear Lord. Thank you for a people that are beloved, one of another, that love each other. And Lord, if we wanted to paint this thing pink with purple polka dots, I imagine not a lot would like it. But God, I think we could keep the main thing the main thing, dear Lord. And understand, God, that this work is about you, God. Help us, dear Lord, to encourage one another. Help us not to miss that encouragement part. In Jesus' name.